Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Hello and welcome into the Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. I'm Melissa Hyak and joining me today is Dr. Frederick Koh, consultant of Department of Surgery at Singkang General Hospital. Uh, he will help us understand more about this dangerous and elusive type of polyps called flat polyps and how artificial intelligence is a game changer in locating these tissue growths. Hello, Dr. Koh. Hi, good afternoon, Melissa. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you and I thank your patience for giving us this free slot to be able to talk to you. Okay, um, I gave a very brief introduction earlier about what flat polyps are, but I think it's better to hear from the expert. Right, right. I think you're absolutely right that there are various types of polyps in the colon and polyps are precancerous or non-cancerous growth in the colon internal lining like you have pointed out. And their appearance are broadly classified into two types. One is the pedunculated kinds, the kind that look like a mushroom with a stalk. Okay. So those are easy to pick up. And of course, there are those that, you, you, like you have mentioned, the flat ones, which um, the medical term is a sessile, sessile polyps, which are only mildly raised from the surface of the colon. And the flat polyps are the ones that are particularly difficult to identify, especially if they are small or if the colon is not clean after the preparation uh, prior to the procedure. Right. So these polyps, mm. to make it very clear, they only grow inside the body. They don't grow outside, right? Because it's only on mucous membrane. Is that that, right? That's right. I mean, for the colon polyp, they usually grow on the inner surface. On the outer surface, do there there are polypoidal growth in the skin or even on other parts of the body, but they are less concerning than compared to those of the colon. Okay, why? And this is because there's a higher incidence of um, cancerous change in, in the colon. And colon cancer being the number one most common cancer in Singapore is uh, ranked number one in males, uh, ranked oh. a very close second uh, in females, uh, oh. first being the breast cancer. Right, right. So because of this malignant change or this cancerous change of the polyps, we are a bit more particular with uh, finding and uh, removing such polyps from the colon. Oh, so colon cancer, which um, can be sparked off by flat polyps, um, is the most common cause of cancer or, or common type of cancer among Singaporeans. That's right, absolutely. Okay, and and in in finding these flat polyps, right? Um, you know, what kind of proportion are we talking about among those in Singapore? Right. So based on statistics available around you, about one in four persons aged above fifty years old have polyps. Okay, that's a that's a large twenty five percent. Okay. And and about fifteen to twenty percent of us uh, in the population uh, worldwide would actually have a, a polyp sometime in their lives. So although most polyps, like what we mentioned, are benign or non-cancerous, and very much so most will remain so, they, they do have a small proportion of them, about 9% of them do have an, a risk of uh, cancerous change. Mm. And polyps tend to be more common in uh, males, uh, people who are obese, uh, people who smoke, and of course those who also drink alcohol, or have a family history of colon cancer, or have a personal history of uh, colon polyps in the past. Right. So so it sounds like, again, you know, the usual health, <laughs> how would you say, <laughs> the good health habits uh, could, could, you know, play a part, right? Um, right. And, and is this only more common in older adults, like 45 and above? Again, you know, when I did my Google, you know, search, and, and that was what it told me. Right, right. Dr. Google is very common nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not so accurate yeah. sometimes, unless I thought I'd check with you. <laughs> right, right. I mean, so, so it is true that there is 
and uh, it, worldwide, we do see a change in the demographics of the uh, cancer population, at least the colon cancer population that we have. Mm. Um, and, and, and they are actually getting younger. And as a result, um, that, that justifies why the American uh, Multitask Force for Cancer Prevention, especially for colon cancer screening, mm. have also brought the screening age in 2019 down to 45 years old compared to the past where it was 50. The European and the Singapore um, health guidelines still remains at 50, but I'm sure in due time, um, these guidelines will also follow suit. Oh, okay. And, and what are the symptoms when, that, when a person has polyps in the colon? Right. I mean, that, that, that is the, one of the most important questions to ask and answer. Okay. In fact, I think the most worrisome feature of all these polyps and even early cancers in the colon is that most of them do not present with any symptoms. <gasps> they are asymptomatic. Yeah. And, that, and this, they, they may have some slow invisible bleeding called occult bleeding medically, which are picked up on the fecal immunochemical test or the FIT test that we, it is freely available in the polyclinics uh, or even commercial pharmacies. Right. And by the time the patient experiences some form of symptoms, like for example, change of bowel habits, mm. change of stool caliber, uh, abdominal pain, that is when we, we are more concerned of cancerous change. Um, Dr. Cook, can you speak English? <laughs> change right, in right. fecal calibre. Could, uh, could you, yeah. you know, make it... So it becomes, uh, if your stools or if your motion becomes thinner, mm. um, yeah, and, and let's say, if, for example, if not everybody needs to pass motion every day, mm. uh, as long as your usual habit is as such uh, over the last few years mm. and, there's, and there is a new change on it, it, be it uh, you pass motion uh, less frequently or more frequently than mm-hmm. usual and if this is sustained across weeks to months mm. then we will recommend an evaluation of the colon. To be clear um, when you have flat polyps there's a strong chance that the polyps may develop into cancer cells right? Right. But just because you don't have polyps in your system does not mean that you won't get colon cancer either. Yeah. So most most um, cancer develops from polyps, but you are right. There are some ca- there are some colon cancer, or a small group of them that uh, originates the moment they appear in the colon. Okay. But for the vast majority of the colon ca- colon cancer that we see or that people experience, it usually starts off first as a polyp and okay. slowly grows, become larger, okay. and then have a cancerous change. Okay. Well, it's been said to be um, more difficult to detect, right? So That's right. how to screen for it? Because you also said that you also said just now that it's actually fairly symptom-free. Right. So a lot of times we go by the guidelines available to us. Um, at the moment now, based on uh, local guidelines, is to start screening at the age of uh, 50 years old, even if you are symptom-free. Mm. So even if you are fit, healthy, no family history, no untoward uh, 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 dietary or lifestyle habits, mm-hmm. and as well as no personal history of uh, previous polyps, um, we should still start at least get a scope done at the age of 50 at the moment. Okay. And uh, based on what we find on each scope, um, we would then recommend when the follow-up scope should be. And if the scope is completely clean and the colon is of a ping of health, normally we say that you can... you. We normally scope you only once in 10 years. Okay. Yeah, so not something inconvenient. Yeah. Scoping of the colon doesn't sound mm. very comfortable. How is that done? <laughs> right, so it's usually done in a, as a day procedure under sedation okay, in most centres. And, and very often, um, uh, 
one day prior to that, the patients will be drinking uh, uh, some medication to help them purge or help them cleanse their colon. And after doing that, they come by the hospital on the day of the procedure itself, they get sedated, and the procedure only lasts for about between 15 to 30 minutes, depending on what we find. Mm. And they go back on the same day. And okay. if everything is clear, everything is uh, uh, reassuring, we can even let our patients know on the day itself that everything is good. Are we knocked out during that, that time? Uh, so Where sedated. does the scope go? Uh, the, the scope goes through the anus. It goes starts from the anus, goes through the rectum, and goes throughout the entire colon, which is about 1.2 uh, meters long. Uh, it reaches the end of the colon, which is usually the cecum or what we call near where, where the appendix uh, uh, arrives off. Um, and then we come out. Uh, the whole process takes about 15 to 30 minutes. And, and are we knocked out? Uh, so we are sedated. Sedated, uh, most, sorry. Yeah, yeah sedated. So, so most of the time, Layman. don't remember. <laughs> yeah, so most of the time, they are given medications to make you um, semi-unconscious. And uh, most of my patients don't actually remember the, 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 the procedure. Okay. 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 That's uh, I'm sure a relief for a lot of us. Uh, right. Okay. And and the thing is, um, I understand that um, with advances in technology, especially like artificial intelligence, right? This yep. whole scoping, this whole detection has been made um, much easier. So yeah, could you tell right. us how? Right. So um, I think uh, artificial intelligence is really increasing, increasingly permeating into healthcare nowadays, mm. and uh, especially where we talk about precision medicine. So it, Nowadays, it assists doctors in diagnosis. It be, some of the radiological scans are also reported together with uh, AI technology. And even up to treatment for cancer uh, treatments, um, they're also decided based on uh, what their AI algorithm is. So I think for in particular for the endoscopy point of view, uh, real-time artificial intelligence colonoscopy, as the name suggests, is colonoscopies performed using a complementary um, artificial intelligence-enabled software uh, during the procedure, which helps the endoscopies or the doctors uh, detect and or characterize the polyps during the procedure. So in, in Sengkang General Hospital, um, since July last year, we actually introduced such a software that was uh, designed in the U.S., into our uh, colonoscopies. And of course, the main benefit was to improve the detection of all these flat or small polyps, which upon removal, as what we have already discussed, actually potentially can help reduce the risk of colon cancer for our patients. And and very reassuringly, during this, during the first, just the first two months of our, uh, after the introduction of the AI technology, it actually showed that the detection rate of polyps actually increased by about 30, 30% on average. And in addition for the flat polyps that we were most afraid about mm. and things that and, and the polyps that actually we missed sometimes because of it being very small and uh, not raised mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it actually shows a two-time increase in detection oh, so so yeah. this is a game changer it actually if, uh, and, and because of this game-changing uh, effect that it has mm. a lot of our endoscopists here in Sengkang General Hospital actually enjoy this reassurance of having a helping second pair of eyes during right. the procedure right yeah. wow okay that, that that is actually a huge relief to know now mm. Um, just now, you talked about how um, cur- the current guidelines um, are yep. for those 45 and above, you know, to get screened and regularly scoped. And, mm-hmm. and again, now with this uh, new technology, there's really, you know, very little excuse not to, um, mm-hmm. to get early detection of, of the growth of polyps, right? But what yep. about those in the younger age? Because, you know, as you mentioned just now as well, um, those between 18 and 35, uh, we are mm-hmm. seeing a higher incidence uh, of 
of you know these youths, young people developing yeah. polyps, right? So of, of again, of obviously we want to arrest these uh, much sooner. So mm-hmm. would you recommend that you know young people be scoped as well, or, or to raise right. or to lower, sorry, lower the the minimum age for scoping? Right. So I mean, whenever we talk about screening, uh, we always are very cognizant about uh, cognizant about uh, health economics. But a, a general rule of thumb is that for the younger individuals who are presenting, we all are experiencing some symptoms, be it a fresh bleeding from when we when we pass motion, mm. uh, or cha- a, a slight change of bowel habits, some mm. abdominal discomfort that we can't really explain. Mm. I, I my recommendation actually is to seek some form of medical advice, mm. be it the general practitioner or the specialist, mm. and and through which we can actually then make a decision whether or not a colonoscopic exam is required and very often what we see in our young individuals is that they play down the symptoms they say that oh it's just a passing thing we don't really need to get scoped we are young it doesn't happen to us but now increasing evidence has actually shown around the world that the age of diagnosing um, colon cancer is getting younger and younger and rightly so this group of 18 to 35 years old, or 18 to 45 years old for that matter, um, are out of the screening guidelines. Mm. And, and like I mentioned, screening, there's always a health economic connotation behind it. Mm. And therefore, we shouldn't put off the symptoms. We should get our symptoms checked. Mm. And then the body telling us, look, there's some alarm bells here. We, we, should, we, should, we should seek medical advice. But actually, you know what? You said the younger people are like that. And I've talked about my parents before they're in the 80s. They are the same. It's very hard to get them. Get to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially especially when the symptoms are sporadic or transient, yes. right? Yes. Does it make a difference? I mean, if they, you know, it comes and goes, right? Or yes, they come and go. So do we ignore it, it if they come and then they go very quickly as well? but they come back. Okay. Yeah, so so you, you, you brought a very good point. M- many times it is transient. So if you have a change of bowel habits, say for example, we get food poisoning. Um, of course, the and, and this motion habits actually return back to our normal uh, habits. If it doesn't recur and it's just once off, of course, I think those are of lower risk uh, uh, symptoms. But two types of symptoms, two types of such symptoms we uh, should raise some alarm bells in us. Number one is exactly what you pointed out. If it changes and it doesn't change back, persistent symptoms. Hmm. So often if it, it lasts through a few weeks and there is no uh, return to our normal habits, we should seek help. And of hmm. course, the second one is those that are recurrent, okay. meaning to say yeah, that, it, that this same, these same symptoms come back ever so often. Hmm. Then we, we do need to get our colon screen or at least our body screen by a medical professional hmm. to at least know or to be reassured that everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if I want to be kiasu? I I'm in the eighteen to thirty five age group, and I <laughs> say I'm happy to pay. Give me a right. scope. Uh, give me a screen me for this, right? Um, mm. Is there any sort of contraindication to screening? Mm. You know, people that young, right? So of no course, reason? everything everything that we do in medicine has its risk and benefit. So the risk of a colonoscopy actually is just a very minor, very low zero point one percent chance of uh, a perforation. A perforation means that the scope may go through the colon during the procedure and requiring an operation to land it. So which is why we don't cast a net wide and, and mandate that everybody go for a scope. I think that, 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 that is the wrong idea. Uh, very often, we do need to examine the patient's symptoms first as well as the family history. So risk factors are also another thing that is important that when, mm. when we see our patient in the clinic, we, we will counsel them for. Mm. And of course, if there is something that we can address 
address or should address, then then somebody like myself would recommend a scope. Mm. However, if there's no symptoms and you're fit and well, and all you have is uh, um, uh, just a concern about mm. getting cancer or getting a polyp, mm. sometimes there are other means. So there may be uh, x-rays that we can do, scans that we can do that may mitigate this. Of mm. course, they will not be as sensitive or as specific mm. uh, during uh, to pick up polyps. Mm. But sometimes it, it actually gives you a reassurance that, that you know, roughly everything is okay. And mm. when um, there is a need to, uh, and when there's a medical uh, need, that's when we recommend a scope. Okay. Now, yeah. th- we need to wrap with a question about preventing no colon polyps. Um, you already mentioned some before already. Right. Uh, I think, uh, b- not being overweight, uh, maybe yeah. quitting smoking, uh, avoiding yeah. alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the diet? Uh, if there are three things about a person's diet that you feel uh, should, you know, be changed or, or should be uh, avoided, um, just tell us now. Avoided, okay. So I think avoided is alcohol, <laughs> easier said than done often. Oil and fat also easier said than done, as well as we instead of avoiding, we should actually be increasing our fiber intake. So fruits and vegetables are important. Yeah. Fruit and vegetables. Vegetables. Yeah. Does tempura count? Like deep fried yeah. vegetables <laughs> or goreng pisang? Yeah, as long as there is, uh, as long as as long as it's not too charred, I think it's okay. Okay, <laughs> no, okay, not too charred, not too chalta, right? Yeah. Okay. Right, okay. Right, hey, uh, Doctor Ko, thank you so much for your time and and for educating us on um, flat polyps and its link with um, colon cancer, as well as giving us good news about how it's now much easier to detect. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. No, thank Thank you. Thank you for your time. I've been speaking with Dr. Frederick Koh, Consultant at Department of Surgery at Singkang General Hospital, uh, helping us to understand there more about flat polyps, the early detection of which may significantly decrease your chances of developing colon cancer and increase your chances of surviving it. I'm Melissa here for the Workday Afternoon, and you are with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.